What's up, everybody? I hope you're having a really great day. I really do. That sounded insincere, but my name's Madeline Oletti, and welcome to my podcast. I am unwell, <laughs> obviously. Before we get into our main topic today, which I am stoked about, I'm not gonna lie, it was really fun to research it, I'm going to share with you all first how I'm unwell today, and then something that is going well. So first off, how am I unwell today? Huh. I'm not gonna lie, my depression I feel like could be kind of set to a timer. I feel like it. I, I have a couple weeks of like, oh, I'm in the clear, I'm feeling good, and then I'll just be like, Phew! it hits me like a a brick wall. I'm just tired. I don't want to do anything. I, I'm not in the mood to be a responsible person. Like, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to be a mom. I don't want to be a wife. You know, I think life has been hitting me hard lately and I'm navigating that and trying to be a nice person on top of being all of the things that I am. So I'm, I'm not doing too hot today. I'm not going to lie. But something that is going really well, I set up a little podcast area in my house now. I have all these pretty lights up and this hanging chair, which <laughs> I wish I could tell you I was sitting in right now, but I'm honestly on the floor because that's just where I started and never quite got up. <laughs> but it's really cute in here and I think that it's going to make doing this podcast more of the escape for myself or the creative outlet for myself that I need it to be. So that's what's going on with me. Uh, and now I'm so excited to jump into our main topic today. So I did a deep dive into imposter syndrome. Have you heard of it? <laughs> I thought I knew what was I was getting into, but there was so much about it that I really, I didn't know. So I'm going to share with you what I found and hopefully this can help you if you suffer with imposter syndrome or if nothing else, you can at least learn something new today. So let's go. then. <laughs> that was stupid. Okay, so <laughs> in the beginning of my research, I thought that imposter syndrome boiled down to essentially the feeling that you don't deserve what you have achieved, or you think that you've somehow tricked everyone around you into believing that you are good at what you do, or that you are a good friend. And I was right but there ended up being so much more to it, and I ended up falling down this long rabbit hole of information. There's an entire imposter syndrome institute. Institute? What? <laughs> so I'm really excited to share with you what I learned. For starters, the term imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon first appeared in a 1978 article, The Imposter Phenomenon in High Achieving Women, Dynamics and Therapeutic Intervention by Pauline R. Clance and Susan A. Imes. 
They defined imposter syndrome as an internal experience of intellectual phoniness. Someone experiencing imposter syndrome encounters at least two of these following things. They feel the need to be special or the best, thinking that they need to do everything at 100%, fear of failure, denial of ability and discounting praise, feeling fear and guilt about success, and finally, the imposter cycle, which is an internal struggle that no matter how hard you work, you will always be, excuse me, I have like this carbonated water. <laughs> it's killing me. Okay. Uh, so yes, the imposter cycle is an internal struggle that no matter how hard you work, you will always be stuck in the same spot. The early research exploring this phenomenon primarily focused on accomplished, successful women. Obviously, it later became clear that imposter syndrome can affect anybody in, in any profession. Yeah, I totally relate to a lot of those feelings. And this is why I looked up imposter syndrome, because I knew that I had felt this way before, but I didn't know there were so many ways to feel it. <laughs> so some famous faces who you may recognize have expressed feeling this way. A short list right here I have is Michelle Obama, Tom Hanks, Lady Gaga, and Tina Fey. These imposter feelings represent a conflict between your own self-perception and the way that others perceive you. So even while other people can say, you're doing great, you're doing great, sweetie, <laughs> they, you know, they praise you and they tell you you're doing a really good job, you write that off. You're like, no, it was just good luck. Now, the consequences of dealing with imposter syndrome are many, you know, there's this pressure you put on yourself to work so hard to negate your own feelings of self-doubt. And more importantly, you feel like everyone else will find you out. So you work really hard to make up for what you consider is your lack of intelligence or to help yourself ease the feeling of maybe guilt over tricking people. So this really speaks to me as a person who works in entertainment. I went to school for theater, acting specifically, and the mental gymnastics that art programs put their students through, I mean, it's... It's truly devastating. I've now met all kinds of people who went to different theater departments across the country, across the United States, and I've discovered that either the theater program will tear you down completely in order to build you back up into what they want to mold you into, or the program gives you the highest of praises and they don't set you up very well for the brutality that is the theatrical world outside of school. When I graduated, I felt like a piece of trash. <laughs> I thought everyone made fun of me or felt bad for me because I was the worst in my graduating class. And what didn't really help with that was the fact that I wanted to go into children's theater. I love working with kids. But the thing is, is in theatrical circles, theater for young audiences is looked down to a lot of the time. So when I would tell people that that's what I wanted to do, they would be like, oh, well, that's perfect for you. 
Ugh. So, of course, I would internalize that and think that that meant something really negative. Well, now I do work full-time acting at a children's museum. I'm literally doing exactly what I set out to do with the skills that I put a lot of time and energy and, and tears into honing. My boss consistently tells me that I'm one of the strongest actors on the team. And still, I continue to combat the feeling that I'm not good enough or that they're lying to me. And I know that I'm not alone. It's been estimated that nearly 70% of all individuals will experience signs or symptoms of imposter syndrome at least once in their life. This can happen for a variety of reasons in a variety of settings. It could be anything from moving to a new environment, uh, academic settings, like I said, school, um, in the workplace social interactions, and just in relationships in general. If you're feeling imposter syndrome while in a relationship, you may be feeling like you're not living up to the expectations of your loved ones, or feeling like you've tricked the people around you into liking you or wanting to hang out with you. You may begin to feel unworthy of the friendships or the relationships that you've been able to cultivate. Now, research has shown that there is a definitive relationship between imposter syndrome and these factors, which I'm going to list out. So anxiety, depression, shocker, <laughs> low self-esteem, uh, perfectionism, having been raised with overprotective parents or legal guardians, excessive self-monitoring. Uh, that one, that one hits me specifically. I myself, I'm overly self-aware and it hurts me more than it helps me. I'm not quick enough to stop myself in my own tracks and I'll say things that I regret or take actions that I regret. Then I sit there and I find myself mulling over how terrible of a person I am and feeling like I don't deserve the people around me when I act shitty on occasion. And sometimes, you know what, I take it back. Sometimes I am fast enough to catch myself in my tracks, but then I don't say anything and I will sit there and I'll stew on it. And then I just become angry at myself for not being able to just talk it out. <sighs> anyway, enough about me. <laughs> Ooh, another big thing on this list is racial identity. So bias plays a really big factor in the feelings of imposter syndrome. In the beginning of the research, like I mentioned, these feelings were more common in women and people of color. According to Healthline.com, awareness of the bias against your gender or race might lead you to work harder in order to disprove harmful stereotypes. You might believe you need to dedicate more effort than anyone else in order to be taken seriously, much less earn recognition for your efforts. It says right here also, even the name imposter syndrome can reinforce the perception of yourself as unworthy. The word imposter carries a strong connotation of deceit and manipulation, while syndrome implies illness. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me. <laughs> the syndrome implies illness. <laughs> so I found out that there is an imposter syndrome institute, which blew my mind. It was co-founded by Dr. Valerie Young and Carolyn Herforth. Herforth. Carolyn, if you're listening to this, 
I'm sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong. Anyway, since 1982, Dr. Young has been the internationally recognized expert on imposter syndrome. She literally wrote the book on imposter syndrome, and it's called The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women, Why Capable People Suffer from Imposter Syndrome. Her partner, Caroline Herfirth, is a leading business growth strategist. So that's very fancy. And together, they travel the world and they lead workshops and trainings to help organizations and their employees combat imposter syndrome within the workplace. That's really cool. I watched Dr. Young's TED Talk about imposter syndrome and I wrote down a few nuggets that I enjoyed. So she described the feeling of imposter syndrome as oh, I'm in way over my head. That feeling of you're way in over your head, despite having the skills that quite literally got you to where you are. She also said that the difference between imposters or self-imposed imposters and non-imposters is that non-imposters know that they aren't going to be brilliant at everything they do. And you know what? They're okay with that. What does that feel like? I wish I was a non-imposter. <laughs> now, she said, in order to stop feeling like an imposter, you have to stop thinking like an imposter. That's much easier said than done, Dr. Young. <laughs> she also said, oh, some people end up coping with their imposter syndrome by flying under the radar, procrastinating, or self-sabotaging. With all of this said, Imposter syndrome is not a recognized psychiatric disorder. So it's not in the American Psychiatric Association's stuff, and it's not listed in the international diseases or whatever. I should know this. I'm talking about mental health. <laughs> I will, I'll get better. I'll get better. Something else I learned that I was really excited about, there are five types of imposter syndrome. So listen to these five types and see if you feel like you fit into any one of them, or sometimes they say you can um, identify with several. So listen to these and see what you feel. The first type of imposter syndrome is labeled the perfectionist. Demanding perfection of yourself in every aspect of your life. Avoiding trying new things if you believe you can't do it perfectly the very first time. Okay. The next one is the natural genius. You've been naturally good at things your whole life, and therefore when you aren't good at something immediately, you get embarrassed. Mm hmm. The rugged individualist or the soloist. This one just sounds fun. The rugged individualist. So a uh, rugged individualist, you believe you can do everything by yourself. If you can't accomplish something alone, you feel like a failure. Having to accept help feels like admitting you are inadequate. Ding dong. Yeah, I, I relate to that one for sure. Um, the expert is next. The expert, you refuse to acknowledge success unless you know everything there is to know about the subject at hand. If you can't answer a question about something, you feel like a fraud. Ask me anything Harry Potter and I'll probably know. And if I get caught off guard and I don't know something, I, I do honestly panic. <laughs> I have an expertise in Harry Potter. <laughs> All right, the last one is the superhero. So a superhero, you need to succeed in every role that you have. Friendships, your place of employment, parenthood, 
I said that so weird. I was like parenthood. <laughs> so parenthood, etc., etc. You might think that you can always do more or that the things that you're doing should be easier for you. You burn yourself out trying to do everything at the same level. Whew. So yeah, those are the five. Perfectionist, natural genius, rugged individualist, the expert, and the superhero. I definitely relate to uh, three of them. For sure, the perfectionist. Although, I do like trying new things. But I, I'm really hard on myself if I don't accomplish things quickly, I guess. Um, the rugged individualist. Not only because it's fun to say, but because I literally hate asking for help. I hate asking for help. And I was just thinking about this today, honestly, the superhero, because I feel like I do have to be successful at every single thing. And I have a hard time prioritizing what I need to do first, because everything feels like it's at the same level of importance. So ideally, I could split myself into three and get everything done at the same time. But that is impossible. And oh, I never thought I would relate to the superhero one until today when I'm feeling so burnt out from trying to do all the things. <laughs> so we're learning something new about ourselves every day. The good news, y'all, is that there are so many ways that you can manage your imposter syndrome, including but not limited to avoiding comparing yourself to others, which womp womp is one of my, I don't want to say best traits. It's like a trait that is over, it overwhelms me comparing myself to others. I do it all the time. It's like second nature for me to compare myself to others and it's sick and I gotta stop. So stop with me, okay? Avoid comparing yourself to others. Acknowledge your feelings and talk to people about them. Avoid the urge to do everything yourself. Okay, stop yelling at me, notes. Um, looking at yourself as a work in progress. That's a really big one. I think it's so important to look at yourself from a bird's eye view and to realize how far you've come and how far there still is to go. And there's so much growth that has already happened and how much more you, you will grow. That's really exciting. Oh, that hit me. Okay. Oh, okay. Celebrate your achievements. You guys, 26 downloads on this podcast. And I don't care if that sounds like a small number, but I am ecstatic. I truly thought that maybe five people total would listen to it and they would just be my friends. So it's really cool that people are listening to this and I want to keep doing it because it's fun. So yeah, I'm celebrating my achievement of 26 downloads. <laughs> All right, another one is to draw boundaries between your work and your personal time. This is huge, y'all. Work cannot be everything. I mean, I'm telling you this, but I'm also telling myself this because I, I love my job and because I love it and I love the people there so much, I like get tunnel vision sometimes and I need to, I need to take care of other things. Like I have a family. I, I have myself. Gotta take care of myself. Jesus. Okay. So draw boundaries, draw boundaries, challenge your doubts. Ask yourself if there are any actual facts to support your doubts. Like, girl, where'd you get that information from, though? Who told you that, though? Yourself? Shut up. There's no facts. That's not a fact, okay? That's your own perception that you have created. That's no fact, girl. You rock. Just like that, you know? Finally, and most importantly, I would say, is you need to try to remember that success does not require perfection. 
I'll say it again. Success does not require perfection. Dang, we done did it, y'all. That's the end of my notes. Um, I got all of this information from multiple sources, which I will list right now. Wikipedia, Glamour, an article in Glamour by Anna Lou Walker, Healthline.com, and the Imposter Syndrome Institute. This was really fun. I really enjoyed doing this research. I was really scared when I started this podcast that I would feel like I had to have a guest every single time because I wouldn't know what to talk about on my own. But this little project of mine really opened my eyes and I'm so excited for all of the other things that I'll look up for you and for myself because I had a lot of fun learning. Like, an imposter syndrome institute? I cannot get over that. And I want to... I'm going to reach out to those ladies. I'm going to reach out to them and see if they'll come to my place of work. Because that would be really cool. Anyway, I hope you learned something new today. Or you learned something that will help you better your quality of life if you suffer with imposter syndrome. I hope you realize you're awesome. And you're not an imposter. And I love you. Was that too weird? (laughs) Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you next time. If you want, you can follow me on my Instagram, I am unwell.pod. <laughs> <laughs>